Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's going on? How are you? Good. Good. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. Fine, thank what, you. What's going on? <laughs> I'm doing great, Same Kat. old, same old? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Great. <laughs> it's fine. We uh, have a lot to get to in this episode of After 9, and we will. On the agenda, uh, a couple things that we haven't talked about yet that we will. The Toronto Sun is doing fine reporting in, in asking questions like, um, you guys put somebody from the Canadian delegation that went to the Queen's funeral last month in a $6,000 a night hotel suite. Six grand a Ooh, night. That's expensive. And and it comes with butler service and all sorts of things. Ah. And and the question is simply, who stayed in that room? And they won't answer the question. So we will get to that coming up, plus a few updates from the uh, Freedom Inquiry. I'll tell you what's happening there. And we'll again ask the question, where's Doug and why won't he testify in front of that commission? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you... I, it's wrong if he doesn't testify. You can't tell me he doesn't have any relevant information to add to this. And they want to ask him questions. So presumably, there's a way they want to go with it. So we'll get to all that and more on this episode of After 9. Oh, we're also going to talk about the dentists and the shit they don't want your kids eating after th- uh, Halloween. Uh, or adults alike, I think. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the things we don't do a very good job at overall is taking good care of our teeth even if you think you're great you go for your cleaning and they're scraping shit out of your mouth for like half an hour and it's it's, it's gross but all that and more is coming up on this episode of after nine you've heard your daily meat commercial from alan cross and now we go this is uh (laughs) alan's great (laughs) he's so great good friend of the podcast too uh kanye the saga continues how much money is this guy gonna lose before he stands up and apologizes or says, no, I was just trying no. to get attention. No. Or does he actually feel that way? Does he actually think those anti-Semitic thoughts? First of all, there's no going back to answer your question. It doesn't matter if he apologizes at this point. What said is said. I mean, what he said was there's there's nobody in the... I, you know what? I won't just say Jewish community. There's nobody who is upset with him about this. That's a weird way to put it, but he was not okay with it. That's going to turn around and be like... Oh, you're sorry, though? Okay, cool, 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 cool. It's all good, then. Let's bring back all your billion-dollar deals. It's great. Like, no one's doing that. Uh, Gap, by the way, is the latest. In case you're wondering, the latest, because we told we talked about Adidas already, uh, and Adidas c- halted production, or I shouldn't even say halted, like canceled production of Yeezy. It's done. They're no longer doing that. Any payment that was supposed to go to Kanye from here, not happening. Uh, payment's been cut off. And now, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised by this one, because they'd be pretty quick to drop them considering they've had a really um, a strange past. But Gap uh, says we're, they were taking immediate steps. As of yesterday, they shut down the Yeezy Gap website. It's completely oh, wow. shut down. Um, and with that, obviously, no money coming in in that way. So they're not making any more. They're not selling anymore, I should say. Sorry, they're not selling anymore. Uh, the website, like I said, is gone. Uh, and Adidas, I mean, they did a thorough review to come up with that. But Forbes was really quick to jump on this, Scott, because yesterday with the news of Adidas alone, because that was the big one, right? Gap's huge too, but Adidas is the maker. Adidas is the maker of the Yeezys and they announced that they're done and that instantly dropped him from billionaire status. Forbes say they have officially rescinded his billionaire status. In case you're wondering numbers wise, he was 1.3 million or billion, sorry, 1.3 billion at one point last year or 2020. And now they're thinking closer to 400 million, if that. 
I mean, was it worth it? Why wouldn't he just lay low? Why wouldn't he surround himself with people that will take his phone away when he wants to do something stupid? We're not talking about a couple hundred bucks here. This is a massive fortune that he has lost and completely sabotaged his own career. And I can't figure out why this was allowed to happen, why he went ahead and did it anyway. I mean, even if you're drunk, you got to sober up and, and, and admit you made a mistake. And he's not backing down on any of this. I don't understand it, Kat. It makes no sense at all. I, I, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, to think that way makes no sense. to. I can't understand it because I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that we just can't understand it because it's it seems bonkers. Um, there was many more uh, things that were done, I think, for those who wonder. Balenciaga, JP Morgan Chase, his own bank is like, you got to get out soon. Like, we're not handling your money anymore. There's so much to it. And after he was suspended from Twitter and Facebook, he says or he's actually apparently put in an offer. We don't know how much for. He wants to buy a, like a conservative social network. Parlor, right? Yeah, Parlor. I've never used Parlor, but I get the impression it's very similar to the Trump site, Truth Social. Why doesn't he just use join Truth Social or something? Do those two not talk anymore? That's what I thought. Why didn't he just join Trump's? I mean, Trump's trying to grow his platform and he's got millions of users. I, I don't know why Kanye wouldn't jump on that. Or is it just the cool thing to do? When you don't like the rules of the current social media, you buy your own. That's what Trump did. That's what Musk did. Seems right. like that's what Kanye's doing. And it's all to argue an alternative point. Nearest I can tell. Yeah, I don't know anybody who would uh, tie themselves up with Kanye at the moment. But I don't know. It, 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 I don't know that it's over yet. Like, I feel like something's going to happen where he can come out and spin it and say, hey, listen, I was going through a mental health crisis. I said no. some stuff I wouldn't normally no, say. No, I say I completely disagree with you. You don't think he'll uh, try that? Nope. And I think that at a certain point, we don't use things as a reason why we say things. And that a lot of the stuff he's saying, he's standing by. And I do, I mean, it sucks that there's people not around him that maybe, I don't know if they're helpful or not. I couldn't tell you who's around Kanye. I'm not around him. So I can't tell you who's around him or not. But a lot of people, sources, if you will, say that he is surrounded by those yes people that are like, yeah, you do it. That's great. Yes, you're the, whatever you say goes. And it's taken him this far. And it's a shame. I mean, it is a shame, right? And I, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, but we'll let you know if, like you said, maybe there's more that's going to come from this and we'll let you know when it does. Got a couple of Ontario centric stories and we'll start off with this one. Milton, this story actually dropped last week. His name is Antoine Bianini, Bianini. He's from Milton and he bought a lottery ticket on September 23rd. He won a lotto max. He bought the winning ticket at a convenience store in Milton and he won a million dollars. Nice. What's particularly shocking about this is he won another Max Million 13 months ago. What? How does this keep happening? He won $2 million lottery prizes in just over a year. What? He says, I couldn't believe it. I thought, again? Good, because that's what all of us thought. Again? He says, it was more shocking this time than the first time. I told my wife and she was very happy. No shit. His latest winnings allow him, he says, to take care of his family. He says, I want to make sure the next generation of my family is set up comfortably. Yeah. If you want to set up a future generation comfortably, you're going to need to win Wait. a few more Max Millions. Sure, but how do I get on that plan? Like, that sounds great. Shouldn't we all get on that plan then? I love how he says it as if that's like a financial plan. that You can, like, you can call someone and be like, here's the goal. I'd like to take care of my family. So what do I do? Buy a lottery ticket, sir. Okay, great. I'll get on that. Great. You'll win. Like, that doesn't happen. 
No, it doesn't happen. This guy's done it, though. It's crazy. And it's got to be just dumb luck. I want to know if he's picking numbers or if it's a quick pick. Because, hey, with the economy the way it is right now and that interest rate announcement earlier on today, I think a lot of people are imagining the freedom if they won that lottery and didn't have to deal with the bullshit that everybody else is going through. Mm -hmm. That would be life-changing to win that kind of money. But in some cases, actually in a lot of cases, you could win a million dollars and you still would have a mortgage. Isn't that insanity that you could win a million dollars and still have a mortgage? It's 2022, baby. So he buys a house with the first milli, second milli, maybe invest a little bit of it, buy some RRSPs or whatever it is you want to buy for your great grandkids. Yeah. That's it. That's your two million gone, dude. Yeah. Crazy that you win two times in 13 months and you're still not going to have financial security. Uh, Another Ontario story, though, and this one hit home for a lot of people on our radio shows today. It's a family in Brantford that is being forced to end a decade-long tradition after someone complained to the city about their Halloween decorations. Ah. The Killam family used homemade decorations and had a blacklight maze through their garage and into the backyard. Bylaw showed up after somebody complained about the display. The family says they were accused of violating the lot maintenance and waste bylaw. It looked very unsightly, if you ask me. But I think most Halloween displays look unsightly during the day. Even those shitty inflatables. (laughs) When they're not inflated, they look like trash on your lawn. Right, right. So this guy was similar. He made all these elaborate decorations and he had them up and... Granted, the neighbor does have somewhat of a complaint. It's not the most sightly thing to drive by, particularly during the day. But can we please try and keep in mind, Halloween happens once a year. Once a year, some people decorate their property to look real good for the theme. And then you get some other person who thinks, no, I don't like people having fun. I'm calling bylaw. And here's the thing. Since we talked about this on our morning radio show, It's amazing how many people texted in to say bylaw has been called on them or they've seen bylaw called on their neighbors. It seems like it's the in thing to do ever since COVID is called bylaw every time your neighbors piss you off. Yeah. I mean, and some of them are, I mean, some of them are warranted. I get it. You know, like um, loud noise partying at 3 a.m. Okay. Like that's, I I get it. You're going to call bylaw on that. And sure. That's understandable. I suppose if the, I didn't see that, I did not see the house, this Halloween house that you speak of that has to be, everything has to be taken down. But I do trust if bylaw says that they're doing something they're not supposed to do, then okay, I guess they're doing something they're not supposed to do. I'm not the type to call that in though. And here's like, for me, what you said is true. It, it happens once a year. And usually with Halloween, it's shorter lived too. People put up their displays. It only lasts like one, maybe two weeks and then it's gone. It's taken down. It's fine. Like, I'm not even a big Halloween person. I don't like, love Halloween. I, I, it's fine, but I don't love it. Uh, for me, it's like a few pumpkins and a little sign, and I'm good. I don't go all out at all. For me, it's all about Christmas. But when I see those kinds of things, when I see someone making their lawn, their front lawn into a graveyard, or they've got the 12-foot skeleton thing with the glowy eyes. or I hate that thing. Or they've got that stranger thing set up. I think that's pretty cool. I think good for you for going the extra mile. You're obviously into it. And it does put a smile on my face. Like, I don't want it on my property, but but it's on yours and that's okay with me. Properties are going to start changing soon anyway, based on the new provincial housing rules that got announced yesterday. And we will circle back on that. Uh, my, my question is, do you have to just take it 
or can you do something about it? Now, in this case, the person phoned bylaw because they wanted that display taken down or they wanted the people fined. By the way, just because bylaw had to come out and issue the warning, take it down, they also had to pay a $120 administrative fee. Oh. You mean to tell me that with all those property taxes that we pay, you can't even put up a Halloween display the week before Halloween. As unsightly as it might be, it's the week before Halloween, and this guy had to take down his Halloween display because they said it looked like garbage. Was there garbage strewn all over the place? Like, I would love to actually see this. Was it actually garbage? Like, did they actually dump garbage all over the place? No. He, What's with the trash bylaw thing? He made a, a bunch of signs or tombstones or whatever the hell it is. A lot of people do that to dress up their property because you can make it a lot cheaper than you can buy it. And people commented, oh, it doesn't look very nice. It doesn't. And I mean, I saw the pictures. It didn't look great, like I said off the beginning, but it was still a nice thing that they did. Kids in the area probably would have died to go to that house on Halloween and experience those decorations. Now they're not going to be able to. This family's been doing it for a decade now. This is the first time they've ever had a problem. Oh. It also coincides, though, with the amount of people that are calling bylaw for stupid shit. I do hear of a lot of people calling bylaw, particularly this year. I've heard a lot. Maybe just what I happen to have seen on social media and stuff, but a lot of like bylaws brought up. <laughs> bylaw, call bylaw. I, I would love to know, like, maybe that should be the new reality show, by the way. Stupid things that people called bylaw for? Like, like a border patrol, but instead yeah. it's bylaw. I want to I follow a bylaw pr- officer. Or team, squad. I don't know what you guys call yourselves. That's great. I'd love to just sit in the backseat of those calls and just watch. I'm sure even the bylaw officers don't like it. They don't want to have to go to some nice family's house and say, hey, you know, those Halloween decorations, somebody complains, so we're going to jam you with a $120 fine and you're going to have to get rid of that shit. Yep. I don't think they want to do that. No. I think they're just trying to keep the peace. And how do you solve a dispute like that? One neighbor doesn't like what's on your property. You do like what's on your property. The cops just kind of have to play it down the middle or or just go to the letter of the law and say, well, I guess technically they have a point, so you got to take it down, even though it's not right. It's not. Do you know how many people DM'd me about Diwali fireworks the other day on Monday? Yeah. And yeah. they were telling me, I phoned bylaw. I phoned them. When did all of us get bylaw's phone number? I have no idea how to get a hold of bylaw. I've never once even contemplated calling bylaw for anything because generally I find them to be pricks. They're the ones who hand out the parking tickets and they have no mercy whatsoever. I think we need to calm down with the bylaw shit personally. It's one month a year. And in this case, we're a week away from it. If you could have just sucked it up for a couple more days... You wouldn't have to look at it anymore because I'm sure it'll become, if it's still up next Tuesday, yeah, you could probably justify a call. The week before Halloween, get out of here. If, if, if anyone calls bylaw on Christmas displays, oh my God. There's, I mean, and there's a difference there because Halloween stuff, it's, it could be, maybe you're calling because it's too gory or, or unsightly, like you said, but for Christmas, we know that something's going on. Something's in the water when it comes to bylaw. If people are calling in Christmas decorations. I hope that doesn't happen. Are you a shower in the morning kind of girl or shower at night kind of girl? Uh, a shower at night during the week, shower in the morning on the weekend. Okay, before I tell you why I'm asking, let me ask you, what's the logic behind showering at night uh-huh. as opposed to showering in the morning? Is it because you want a clean body getting into a clean bed? And if you're always showered before you get into bed, your bed's always clean? Is that it? Or is it a matter of convenience? You don't want to get up that early to shower in the morning. You just want to roll out of bed, get dressed and go. Why do you do it that way? Hair. Hair. I have very long, very thick hair. I've been blessed in that way and it's great. 
but I can't uh, shower in the morning before work because then I have to dry my hair. That's a process that takes 30 to 40 minutes. Oh my God. I have that much hair. So, and if I, if I go to work with wet hair, it's also kind of weird. So for me, I'll do it. Actually, it's closer. It's not even night. It's not right before bed. I actually do it like as I'm preparing dinner, basically, I run into the, I'll do the shower thing and I'll do all that so that I don't have to use the hair dryer because it also damages your hair, keeping my hair healthy. So honestly, my number one reason is my hair. And that's the reason why I, I shower when I shower so that I can let it naturally air dry for most of the time. I can braid it as I sleep if I want to do it wavy. It's a, it's a complex uh, little thing that I have going, but it works for me. Now, what, what, what if you do something? around bedtime before you fall asleep. Do you feel like you need to shower after that or are you still good Do for the next like day? Do something like what? Sexual is specifically what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you've given yourself a reason to take a shower again before you leave the house? Yeah, I, then I just don't, I have absolutely showered without washing my hair, but but most of the time I'm washing my hair. Got it. Okay, so that's just like a jump in, rinse off, off kind of deal and then you're back to... If I feel the need to, sure. Researchers say people who bathe at night fall asleep faster and wake up more refreshed than people who shower in the morning. AKA, if you want to have a better quality of life or you're just not a morning person and and you know it, shower at night. It'll make things a little easier for you. You can also stay in bed a little bit longer, which I gather is your long-term goal is to be able to stay in bed longer. Sure. Try it out if you haven't. If there's something to it, you're welcome. Uh, That was free advice from afternoon. I feel like people are really stuck on that though. Like the shower at this time, people are always going to be the shower at this time, people. The two shower a day people probably don't change very often. They don't change their routine. They'll still do two a day. Those who, like any, when it comes to shower, there's so many rituals involved. I feel like everybody's so different in their rituals, but it's harder for them to change their ways unless their schedule changes. A couple things I want to play for you, Kat. This came down yesterday. Did you see uh, President Joe Biden went and got his uh, latest booster shot? No, I didn't. He got another one, and he and his COVID squad gave a speech. And this speech was uh, the the team that told us to follow the science. I don't think that they are. This is the president of the United States yesterday. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually every one. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots. Almost everyone who dies of COVID this year will not have had their most recent vaccine. Where, where, where does he get this shit? Is he just making that up? Because we know that that's not true. I mean, that's just a flat out scare him by lying to him kind of thing. He went on a little more. As well as leaders from some of America's top pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Albertsons. And we're here with a simple message. Get vaccinated. Update your vaccine, your COVID vaccine. It's incredibly effective, but the truth is not enough people are getting it. We've got to change that so we can all have a safe and healthy holiday season. That's why I'm getting my shot updated today. Uh, he's, he's lost it. I mean, I, I don't understand why we're doing 2021 messaging in heading into Christmas of this year. We all need to get a shot so we can have a safe and healthy and happy gathering over Christmas. I, I, does he get the latest information? Does he read his briefings? Because I don't think that he knows what he's talking about. He seems to be going off old stuff. The reason I flag it is because Trudeau has got similar messaging that just came out last week. Those guys are on a schedule from the, uh, the big pharma guys there that tell them uh, on this point you say this and on this point you say that. It seems that way because they're very much in sync on this shit. 
And for Joe to come out and say something like not enough people are getting it right after Justin said it a week and a half ago kind of makes me feel like they're setting us up for new restrictions or the return of passports for people that don't have shots. For Joe to come out and say, we got to change that. Now, you know, Joe, you can just leave it the way it is. Everything is doing just fine. Here in Canada, the Freedom Inquiry is going on. Freedom Convoy Inquiry. Premier Doug Ford was given a summons to appear. He and the former Solicitor General, Sylvia Jones, don't want to go. They skipped question period yesterday. The House leader answered on their behalf, and they said, yeah, the reason uh, the Premier and the former Solicitor General don't want to testify is because this is a policing matter, not a political matter. Uh, Let me just point out, It's a very weird interpretation to say that this was only a policing matter because all of this only happened over politics. The reason that that convoy happened was namely political. They were there to make a political point and say hello to our political leaders. How can you say it's not a political matter? That's crazy to me. The premier's got to testify. How can the premier not testify? And what is he hiding? They filed papers to get a court to relieve them of their summons saying that this is the attorney general saying that it would claim they're claiming irreparable harm would occur if Ford testifies at the probe. Irreparable harm. Call me crazy, but that just makes me want to know even more. What do you know? (laughs) What were you doing when all this was going on? Well, we know Doug was snowmobiling. We have no idea where Sylvia Jones was, but Uh, Doug obviously wasn't there, but he said just last week he stood shoulder to shoulder with the prime minister and supported wholly imposing the Federal Emergencies Act. Well, now three police forces have come out and said it probably wasn't necessary, including the RCMP, and Doug won't go and testify? What's that all about? But let me clarify here. Uh, I did just say the RCMP. So yesterday, the public safety minister, Marco Mendicino, said an email from the RCMP commissioner doesn't mean that the Emergencies Act wasn't necessary. Brenda Lucky, the commissioner of the RCMP, sent an email to Mendicino's office hours before the government invoked the Emergencies Act. She laid out a list of added tools that were in there that might be useful to have on the enforcement front if the act were invoked, but she didn't think the police had exhausted every tool they already had at their disposal. Then Mendicino doubled down again. That slimy car salesman. He said it was an unprecedented use of legislation that was necessary to resolve the situation. Now, the RCMP disagrees with you there. How about when it comes to the tow trucks? Ottawa Police Superintendent Robert Bernier told the inquiry yesterday, police had tow trucks ready to go before the government invoked the Emergencies Act. He said police would have moved on convoy protesters with or without any of the new powers. But Bernier had previously told the commission the emergency declaration may have helped convince some protesters to stay away from Ottawa and be more compliant with police. Is that really what we did this for? Because I haven't seen any evidence so far that this was actually necessary, but I've seen a lot of evidence that says police had this under control once the uh, Ottawa police moved to a full-time, although interim, police in chief, uh, chief in Steve Bell. So I don't understand why this was necessary if they already had the tow trucks. The police themselves said they had other tools at their disposal. How did we end up in this situation? Well, now we're back to Doug Ford. Doug, you got to testify. 
I know you don't want to. Nobody wants to answer questions about what they were doing, but you got to do it. You're the premier, Doug. You've got to go and sit down in front of that inquiry, and it's going to be a major event. This is one we should do in prime time, and we'll all make popcorn and cheesecake and sit around and watch this shit go down in front of the nation. It's got to happen, Doug. You got to go and testify. Uh, There's another controversy that's kind of brewing here that people ask me about from time to time. We all know that Canada sent a big delegation to the Queen's funeral after it was initially reported that they wanted anybody who was coming to fly on commercial flights to minimize the carbon footprint and, and really scale back their entourages. Canada and the U.S. had a huge entourage. We flew in former prime ministers, former governors general. We flew in dignitaries. We flew in people just to give them the order of Canada, not in Canada. It was wild. But the hotel bills came in at almost $400,000 for that quick trip over to the UK. One of the hotels that got flagged was a $6,000 a night suite at a high-end London hotel. Have you traveled to the UK recently? Do you know what hotel rates are typically? Okay, I don't, but I automatically, when you say it was around the Queen's funeral, we know that prices were insanely inflated at that time. Uh, The moment she was even sick and we knew that things were happening, people were booking hotel rooms there, like Mm -hmm. trying to get on it. There were hotels that were actually just blocking off rooms, knowing, hang on, we're going to have some VIP people in here. We're going to block off rooms. Perhaps they blocked off those most expensive rooms, knowing that their VIP guests are going to have the money for it. Is it possible that, and by the way, do we not have anywhere to stay as Canadian government in those areas? Oh, I can answer that. Yeah, we got tons oh. of them. We've got the Canadian Embassy, first and foremost, which is a- And you could stay there, like big, as a hotel. Yeah, our ambassador lives there. Okay. It's a big, beautiful building in the heart of downtown London. I don't know why we wouldn't use the embassy. Maybe it couldn't accommodate everybody, but there's a few theories floating around about this because it was Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun who broke this story on Monday- Over $400,000 in hotels for that entourage, $6,000 a night room with butler service for one of them. He's asked the prime minister's office repeatedly over the last couple of days, who stayed in the room for $6,000 a night? Because there were other rooms for between $600 and $1,000 a night. So who got the real good one? And was that the only room left or was the $600 to $1,000 a night rooms not acceptable for certain dignitaries? You think they should have to release that information? Like exactly how many people stayed in the suite and the cost versus doing six separate rooms because the suite could house for that week or whatever, six people. So that made more sense financially. Or do you think that they even need to break that down? Um, I mean, generally when it's the taxpayer's money, there is an implied level of transparency that we're all supposed to enjoy. And if the public wants to know, we could file freedom of information requests. And I'm sure that's going to be the next step. If the prime minister's office won't answer the question, that's what has to be done if we really want to know that. I don't think anybody would have questioned a hotel room in London. Like you said, Kat, at the time, the Queen's funeral had most of the hotels booked up and they were charging premium rates. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would have questioned even a thousand dollar a night hotel room. Even if that room is typically a two hundred dollar a night room. We all understand how inflation works. Supply and demand, it raises the price. But 6000 a night's pretty expensive. That's a big one. Was that for the prime minister? Because if it is, I kind of don't have a problem with that either. Did the PM stay in the most expensive suite? Was that the only option? Were none of the lower-priced rooms secure enough or in a good enough location? Or There's any number of reasons we might put a world leader in the place that they're in. 
There's a lot of theories floating around, though, that it wasn't the prime minister that stayed in that room. Isn't this always going to be like the tale, though, that till the end of time is like how much money the government spent on things? And, and nothing's well, really done about it. Like, I don't know. I don't sometimes I don't know why we bother. Do you remember the name Bev Oda? No. Bev Oda used to be a cabinet minister way back when Stephen Harper was first elected prime minister of Canada. And Bev was forced to resign in shame. Because the opposition liberals went through her expenses. They go through everybody's expenses looking for things that they can flag to the public and say, look, they're wasting your money. Bev ordered a $16 glass of orange juice with breakfast and people lost their (laughs) mind. $16 for a glass of orange juice? That's just the government living high on the hog and wasting our money. The orange is squeezed by Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, what's going on here? $16 for orange juice and she eventually had to resign over spending $16 on orange juice and billing it to the taxpayers. Wow, 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 wow. Crazy. Interesting. But I mean, the fact that she's gone shows that there is a certain level of accountability there. And and again, I don't necessarily have a problem with spending $6,000 a night on a hotel room if it's the presidential suite. And the presidential suite is the presidential suite because... Oh, I don't know. It's got conference facilities or because it's more secure and pre-debugged so that other world leaders can't listen in on them and spy agencies and such. There's got to be reasons that there is a presidential suite where a president or prime minister or chancellor would stay. In this case, though, if it was Trudeau, the PMO would say, yeah, Trudeau stayed there. It was the best suite we had. He's the leader of the country. He was personally invited by the new king to be at the funeral. He's perfectly entitled to stay in a slightly more expensive room. But they aren't saying Justin stayed there. Yeah. A lot of the rumors floating around is that Sophie stayed there. Oh, okay. And fam? And fam, I assume? Well, well that's also up for debate because they won't say if the entire family was there or oh. if it was just Justin and Sophie. And if it was, this is why it's a particularly complicated issue. If this is the case, if the rumors are true, if the prime minister's office had to come out and say, yeah, the prime minister stayed in one of the $1,000 a night rooms, whereas his wife, Sophie, stayed in the $6,000 a night room, they'd almost kind of have to acknowledge the elephant in the room that they don't stay together. Because there's a lot of people who don't believe they're actually a couple, that they just take pictures together. and, And eventually, once his time in office has come and gone, then we'll find out that they're no longer a couple. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll find out and maybe we never will. And sometimes we never do. I have a feeling we will. I just have a feeling they're trying to figure out how to spin this because I think they were probably caught off guard by the question, who stayed in that room? And was it justified to spend 6000 a night on a room? So there's the verdict. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But we need a little more information before we can form that. And uh, unfortunately, that little bit of information, even if it was Sophie, Canada's first lady, I don't know that we can really criticize her for that. But it inevitably leads to the question, well, why wasn't she with Justin? Why wasn't she with her husband? And that is going to be an interesting conversation that will get very, very salacious as time goes on. Have yourselves a fantastic hump day, everybody. You can hear us weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30 a.m. on 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener. You can also hear us from 6 to 9 p.m. on Fresh 93.1 in Barrie. Have a good one. After weeks of public pressure, Adidas finally ended their partnership with Kanye West. (laughs) I think we finally answered the question, is there such a thing as bad publicity? Yes, I think there is. Gap also announced that they're pulling all Yeezy products from their stores. Oh, yeah, meanwhile, TJ Maxx is like, we'll sell whatever you got. You know what I mean? <laughs>
We let it rip in this place. <laughs> Kanye's now been dropped by Adidas, Vogue, Balenciaga, The Gap, and Kim Kardashian. But he already has his next big venture lined up. He's planning to buy the conservative social media platform Parler, which is it's called Parler because the number of users they have can fit into one. And... <laughs> Well, get this, I read that Apple is now selling a door lock for your house that you can unlock with an iPhone. Yeah, so in case you lose your iPhone, make sure to keep a spare one under the mat. <laughs> Breaking into someone's home is about to be super easy. Just stand on the porch and you'll, Siri, unlock house! The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.